Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling the Conversation Station or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devin, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, and Bill Sparks. Well, a very good evening from a stormy Indianapolis, Indiana. Let's hope we can make it through the show with no problem because we have a busy one. So I'm going to turn it over to Chris. Hey, everybody. Well, it's show number 50. It is July 21st of uh, 2019 here as you start to listen to this podcast or this version of the show. And the heat advisory here just ended so I can go outside again. No, I I went out in between, you know. But they make these heat advisories like, oh, my God, you know, if you dare to go outside anymore, you know, I mean, what is is wrong with you? You know, it's like they make it. We were ahead of you, Chris. We We were ahead of you, Chris. We had an excessive heat warning. So it was that's even worse. Oh, yeah. They, they would, were just advising us. They were telling you, you know, uh, eventually yeah. what they're going to do, they're going to come and lock your door. You know, if it gets too hot, you <laughs> just won't be able to go out. It was, only, it, was only, it was only 100 today. We didn't have a heat advisory. No. Well, you guys are supposed to know about it. You know, they give a uh, look at look at probably Atlanta. If it's going to be two inches of snow, they, they get everybody off the road. Yeah. Same kind of thing, you know. So anyway, yeah. so uh, to set the agenda today, we're going to do a, a quick British Open uh, thing. There wasn't much on that. We're going to do baseball. We're going to do a couple of NFL. Uh, notes. We've got um, with the, uh, boxing. We got Robert here, of course, from uh, California, our, our former boxing podcaster, and he will be telling us about a, a, a significant death in, the, in boxing, and also about the uh, Pacquiao fight and uh, what's going on with in um, in boxing. We will do some media stuff because there's been a few media things that affect sports. Uh, KNBR, WEI. Uh, we've we've also got uh, stuff with AT and T going on that affects television, and new networks are forming, and all this other stuff. And then uh, we'll do uh, what else are we going to do? We got oh, we got hockey. A little hockey. Speak some hockey in there. So anyway, Sean, why don't you get us started with your little information you do? All right. First of all, well, if you want to interact with us throughout the week, yes, sir. We have a bulletin board. You can interact. Go to seven one two four three two three six four two. When you get to the main menu, hit five and go to bulletin board number nine. That is the sports lounge board. You have interaction, discussion, all kinds of uh, schedules, scores, all kinds of stuff that we put up there. Also, on that same number, board 10, is Larry and Jimmy's football contest. And our production staff is in negotiations with possibly having one or both of them on next week. I mean, our staff's working hard, so, you know, we got to. But to do that, um, but you can find out about that on board 10 and board 11. Of course, over there is the Fight Club, boxing, MMA, wrestling, all that talk. Uh, and pretty much, I think that's pretty much it on that. that how, I can think how, of a plug right how now. How do they get in? How do they get in? Oh, yes, that's right. Duh. How do you get in? 646-876-9923 or download your Zoom app. And then when you get in there, the enter code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice, star six mutes you and unmute you, star nine raises your hand, alt Y on the computer, and more does it on the phone app. So anyway, let's get to the very undramatic, 
British Open, or as they call it over there, the Open Championship, in Northern Ireland. An Irishman, not a Northern Irishman, but the Irish Republic, not the British part. Uh, Shane Lowry won a uh, 15 under par, six-stroke lead over uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who a British golfer. And here's the only really interesting part of this. There were... J.B. Holmes was tied for the lead at 36 holes. Yesterday, he was in third place. Today, he shot an 87. He went from third place to 67th place, but a very, like, a, not, a, not a real big uh, British Open. So the majors, remember, the majors are done this year because PGA, we had it back in May. So now they'll be focusing on the FedEx Cup, which ends a Labor Day weekend in Boston. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, and I okay. suppose the only other thing to mention with the British Open, this is the first major, apparently, that both Tiger and Phil have missed the cut at the same time. Wow. Yes. yes. That is and, correct. And, and, and Rory McIlroy, did, did Rory McIlroy miss it, too? Yes, he, he missed, he it, missed also. it, too. And he was the ho- this is his home club. Yes, yes, wow. That's right. Yeah. So, okay, so I guess we'll switch over to baseball. We have some uh, baseball notes and some, uh, of course, the standings and all that. So let's give you the standings. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, yeah, we, we're going to talk about those guys, too. You got it. We, we've got them listed. Okay, the standings going into today, this is the way it was. In the American League East, we had the Yankees at 64 and 33. They're, they're cruising. They're going to win that division, I think. Pretty safe to say. Tampa Bay, because they beat Tampa Bay three out of four this week, and that kind of really uh, set Tampa Bay back. Tampa Bay uh, going into today was 56 and 45. The Red Sox, 54 and 45. They were within a game of We're going to talk about the Red Sox in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Toronto, 38 and 62 and Baltimore is at 30 was at 30 and 67 in the central we have Minnesota leading but the Cleveland's uh, gaining on them. Minnesota 59 and 38 Cleveland 56 and 41 so going into today they were three games out and they, that's where they remained because they both won the Chicago White Sox have been struggling they're now at 44 and 51 Kansas City 37 and 63 and Detroit 29 and 65 in the west Houston hanging on to, with 63 and 37. The A's at 57 and 42. They lost today and Houston won. But, uh, you know, they've made a race of it anyway. But we'll be talking about the wild card standings as updated as we can get them. The Angels at 51 and, uh, well, actually, I'm going to say Texas at 50 and 48. The way these standings done is wrong. When you have, are over 500, you've played less games, you're ahead in percentages, and they always mix this up. Texas at 50, 48 going into today. The Angels, 51 and 49. And Seattle is 40 and 61. In the National League East, Atlanta, uh, and uh, they're just the top two are playing tonight. And uh, Perry is not able to get us scores tonight because he's uh, uh, he's. I'll, I'll got see what I can do about that, Chris. All right, that that's good, Robert. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, later on, Atlanta fifty nine and forty one, Washington fifty two and forty five, so five and a half games out. Philadelphia fifty one and forty eight going into today. The Mets at forty five and fifty, and Miami at thirty six and sixty mm-hmm. in the Central. The Cubs, who've had a pretty good uh, since the All Star break, this has been a good time for the Cubs. Going to today at 54 and 44, Milwaukee at 52 and 48, we're three out. St. Louis at 50 and 47, we're uh, three and a half out. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, has struggled since the All-Star break. They went into it hot, but they have not come out of it hot. Pittsburgh at 46 and 51, Cincinnati at 44 and 52. In the West, the Dodgers cruising, as are the Yankees, at 66 and 35. Arizona went into today at 50 and 50 and 49. San Francisco 49 and 50, but now actually they're both 500, as I'll tell you. Um, we have Colorado 46 and 52, and San Diego 46 and 52. So um, the 
games on Sunday. The Orioles beat the Red Sox four to nothing. Asher Wojciechowski or something. I can't think of his name. Five nothing. It was five nothing. I'm sorry. And Asher. and I was pressing in this name, and I'm screwing it up. Roger House or something. Anyway, he had the Red Sox no hit till the seventh inning, and uh, he pitched into the seventh inning. But the Red Sox were shut out for the first time in 81 games. They have lost two out of three against the Orioles in Baltimore. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, I know it was over 100 on the field and all that other stuff, but who cares? You know, the Orioles had to do that too. Uh, the Red Sox clobbered them last night, but they got beaten 11-2 Friday night. So you, you just can't do this. And now they've got to play Tampa Bay and the Yankees for the next two weeks. So we'll see uh, what what that's all what. It's going to happen with that. Colorado beat the Yankees today, eight to four. Detroit over Toronto, four to three, and that was in extra innings. But Miss A did not tell me how many. Uh, thank you, Robert. Sometimes she will, sometimes she won't. That's a woman's prerogative, apparently. St. Louis over Cincinnati, three to one. Tampa Bay over Chicago, four to two. Cleveland beat Kansas City, five to four. Houston over Texas, five to three. We had Philadelphia beat the Pirates two to one in eleven innings. I knew that because I heard the end of that. Um, San Diego beat Chicago five to one today. The Cubs, Minnesota over Oakland seven to six came uh, from behind and won that in the ninth inning. Robert was bemoaning his bullpen earlier. Yeah, uh, we we had the Dodgers over the Marlins nine to nothing. They swept the Marlins this weekend. Uh, San Francisco beat the Mets three to two. So San Francisco continues to play well. They won three out of four over the Mets, and that was in twelve innings. And Mike Yastrzemski hit the walk off home run to win the game. I guess he's he's got nine home runs now. Uh, yeah, she's, she's doing quite well for the Giants. He is, he is, and uh, and they're gonna. That's going to be interesting. Of course, the games will be in San Francisco, but the Red Sox uh, will be playing. Will be playing Yaz <laughs> later. No, on. Uh, Yaz will be in Fenway Park. Those games are in Boston. Oh, they're in Boston. Oh boy, that that's going to really be a thing because. You know, people will want to see that. Yeah. And uh, okay. And then the last game we have here: Milwaukee beat Arizona seven to four. As we say, the uh, and the, the Braves Nationals are currently Bay. leading the Nationals four, uh, two to nothing in the fourth inning. Okay. And interesting. Interesting thing. You were talking about Washington Atlanta playing now. Two of the sports people, most people won't notice because a lot of people don't follow them. But Washington and Atlanta actually played today in three different sports because you had a oh. WNBA Washington Atlanta game, a Major League Soccer Washington Atlanta game, and now they're playing in baseball. Oh, okay. I think we had a thing. Uh, yeah, we had that with the Celtics. Remember the Celtics and the uh, and uh, and then the Super Bowl. And I think uh, I, I think there were two games of the Celtics with the Los Angeles teams and the Super Bowl within about three or four days too. That is I correct. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I don't, on the same day, it hasn't really. Yeah, happened. yeah. It doesn't happen that often. Even though no. like WNBA, nobody watches. And Major League Soccer, they have a few that watch, but not. Yeah. You know, okay, so the wild cards, and these are as updated as we can get them uh, for the wild card. We always try to do that. In the American League, we have Cleveland with the top wild card now at 16. And you remember they were uh, not hitting and they weren't doing well. Well, they really played well the last month. And they've, they've taken over that number one wild card spot. Oakland is at 14 over with the number two wild card spot, which means Tampa Bay all year had been in postseason, uh, you know, set for postseason. They're not right now because they struggled after they uh, they lost two out of three to the White Sox after they came home against the Yankees. Tampa Bay at 12. I mean, they're still in it or whatever. The, uh, you know, the Red Sox are eight over, but they're still in the upper part of the wild card race because then it drops down to the Angels at three over. <coughs> Texas, excuse me, Texas at one over. But we now are going to start one of our things that we do every year. 
And we, some of it has been obvious, but there was no real need to stick a fork in some of these teams. We're about to stick a fork into the White Sox. The White Sox are uh, minus eight, and so that puts them Sorry, uh, Jamal. about 11, 11 games out. I don't think we have to talk about them in the wild card standings anymore. Now let's go over who's uh, who's been forked, as they say. Uh, clearly, in the American League East, uh, Toronto and Baltimore, they've been out of it for the whole time. In the Central now, Detroit and Kansas City have been forked. And uh, see, remember, I'm saying fort, not not yeah. anything bad. Yeah. Yeah. And Seattle also is is out. Uh, the only one in the National League who is out, really out for sure, for sure, is the Marlins. So you've got 14 of the National League teams contending in some fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, some are more serious than others, but they're contending in some fashion for the wild card or, or a division championship. And so, keep one thing and in speak, mind. Speaking of that, speaking of that, Chris, let's go into a little bit of what we've heard this morning about the trade deadline activities. A lot of teams are going to do what Jim Duquette and Jim Bowden called buy and sell. So, for example, the Giants might think they're in it if they don't think they can resign Madison Bumgarner. They may trade him, but they may try to get a you know major league talent back in return, right? So that they can claim that they're buying. And you're going to see a lot of teams. The ones that they have heard that are clearly sellers would be the Marlins. Don't think they have much to sell, but they're yeah. sellers. The Mets. And now the Rangers have said that they are going to probably be sellers because they've really fallen off. Yeah, they have. I and mean, the, they're in the, the next week. There's the thing next week for the next week. Pay attention to a lot of these teams because at that point, then you're going to start maybe seeing a little bit of, of separation and who's going to buy and who's going to buy. Yeah, because the, the races have kind of separated into, like, there are some contenders and some pretenders, and, and they're, they're still in it. But, like, the Rangers and the Angels have kind of slid back, you know, uh, uh, from the Red Sox and the Indians and the, and the A's and the the, and the, Angel, the Angels, believe it or not, Chris, have said the Angels are going to buy. Okay. Why, well, why they would, I don't quite know, but... <clears throat> Yeah, well, you never know. Okay, so in the in the National League, as updated as we can get it, of course, Washington's playing, but they're seven over. Milwaukee won their game, so they're now five over. So they'd be the two uh, wildcard teams at the moment. We have Philadelphia at four over with their victory today. St. Louis four over. Uh, Arizona now is at 500 with their loss, and the Giants are at 500 with their win. So then, and so they're sort of the upper part of the National League uh, picture. Uh, and really, you got to give the Giants a lot of credit, and Bruce Bochy for for keeping going here. They were way under 500 and since uh, got about the middle of June. They've been playing pretty well. You wonder if they're playing. You wonder if they're playing for Bochy with this. They, yeah, I, I can tell you from listening to KNBR, yes, they are. They are. Pl- they want Bruce to go out a winner. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, you know for for people in San Francisco and for Giants fans, which for those that are new, I'm not one of them. But um, but for Giants fans, this is going to be something completely different next year, having somebody in their dugout because Bo- uh, Bruce Bochy's been their manager for like 12 or 13 years. So mm-hmm. you know, next year is going to be a completely different thing with somebody else new in the dugout. So then the other part of the standings that we will give you, because they're still technically in it, but they're kind of, you, you can see the gr- drop-off here. San Diego is uh, five under. 
the Mets are six under, uh, Pittsburgh is six under, Colorado seven under, and Cincinnati nine under. So these aren't quite to the point where they're going to be, you know, sort of ruled out of our, our little, uh, you know, uh, put a fork in them yet, but they're they're getting dangerous. So uh, they'll have to pick it up a little bit in the next couple of weeks. And I don't okay. think the Rays have much to worry about, Chris, because the A's are one and seven against Houston this year, and the next three games are the A's and Astros in Houston. So I think Tampa Bay will be right back in that wild card spot. Well, Tampa Bay is, yeah, because they're, they're, they're getting to play the Red Sox, Tampa yeah, Bay, so, this week. Um, so. so, Robert, anyway. since you're a Bay Area guy, why don't you tell the first story, and we, we had it in, in two ways. I had heard about it on the Red Sox game, and I didn't know, because we're, we're doing things on a board, it's a little different. You just go in, and you don't know what's there necessarily, whereas if something comes in your box, you might check about it. But why don't you tell the Gaylord Perry story, because I think this is a very interesting story. Well, um, apparently in 1964, when Perry was you know, come, first coming up, but he was doing real well in batting practice one day, and a San Francisco reporter, and I forget his name. Harry um, Jupiter, it turned out. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, exam- he, it was the examiner, which I imagine is gone now. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, he went up to Alvin Dark, and he said, well, what do you think about Gaylord Perry hitting all these home runs in batting practice? And Alvin Dark said, and I quote, a man will land on the moon before Gaylord Perry hits a home run. And sure enough, on July 20th, 1969, because the, the Giants were home that day playing the Dodgers in Candlestick Park, um, Neil Armstrong lands on the moon. About three minutes later, Gaylord Perry hits his first major league home run. That's right. So Alvin yeah, Dark was right. He was a good baseball yeah, man. Yeah, they did. They talked about that on the Fox Sports broadcast yesterday. They told that story. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, on more baseball. We have uh, our Hall of Famers got in today, and, and you know what? No, and nobody Chris, can. Before, go ahead, Perry. before we do the Hall of before we do the Hall of Famers, that remember we did have a trade this week. Um, yep. And that was Mike Montgomery to the Royals, and the Cubs got catcher Martin Maldonado. And the reason they did that, of course, is because Wilson Contreras is on the 10-day injured list, but he should be back, they think, by the end of the week. Okay. But, uh, that trade went down this week. Okay. And just coming across now, Mark Reynolds of the Rockies has been designated for assignment. Okay. All right. So the Hall of Famers, and this is early this year. I don't know why they did it today. Usually it would be next week, and it used to even be the first Sunday in August. They want, to, they want to avoid overtaking the trade deadline, so it's going to be earlier from now on. Yeah. Okay. So the guys who got in, and we can talk about them briefly, Lee Smith, who uh, pitched for the uh, was a closer for the Cubs and the uh, Red Sox and the Cardinals, and uh, you know did well here. I guess he did well with the Cubs, too, didn't he, Perry? He, he certainly yeah. did. He was on that team in 84 that went to the playoffs. Yeah, he did well uh, everywhere right. he went. So. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So he made it. We had um, uh, Harold Baines, and he's one of those guys. He made it because he, he was there so long. He kept showing up for years and years and years, and, and being a DH for the Orioles and the White Sox, and I don't remember exactly who else. I think that was uh, the maybe A's. Texas. Oh, the, the A's, A's, Texas, yeah. Texas, yeah. 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 And he just kept yeah. kept uh, showing up. There are guys, you know, they're spectacular to get in the Hall of Fame, but there's other guys. Maybe they had a good year, like Gal Kaline, Kari Stremski. They're the kind of guys that had a, a, an 
an aggregate career that was great and, uh, you know, had a couple of spectacular years. But, but uh, Harold Baines was a, a classic of that. And it also shows that they're starting to honor the, the uh, DHs because Edgar, Edgar Martinez, uh, he, maybe along with David Ortiz, the two best uh, uh, DHs that there have been, Edgar Martinez got in today. And that was a good thing. And again, uh, a long overdue for him to get in as a DH. We also had Mike Messina, again, a very, very good pitcher. I would love to know what his uh, statistics are compared to Kurt Schilling, because I bet they're kind of similar. Well, Messina we'll uh, won, won 270 games in his career. Oh, okay. And, no, Schilling didn't and, do that. And uh, Schilling, I think, was in the 220s, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Chris. Yeah, okay. Well, but uh, Mike Messina had good years both with the Orioles and with the Yankees. So, uh, yes. and, and both should have gone in with uh, both hats on or something. I don't know how they would do that. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to go in uh, with no no uh, thing on his cap. So, okay. You know, yeah. And and Roy Halladay uh, went in. Of course, he was uh, killed in that plane crash uh, not long after he retired, but he was a great pitcher for Toronto and for the Phillies. And I guess his wife gave a very emotional speech today. And, and uh, you know, so that was very good. And finally, it's not often you get to say that the best person who ever did something got in. And Mariano Rivera, the best closer of all time by far, got in today. I mean, you, you've got to say that. Unanimous. And not only that, he got voted in unanimously. And when do you get 425 baseball writers to agree on anything? No, they, they never, never do. happened. Right. Never so, happened before. Yeah, well, of course, and, they and, didn't and vote Chris, Ted Williams in because, uh, you know, he was he was Ted Williams. You know, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, he didn't right. go along with the baseball writers. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And also, I think he's the first one. Um, Jason Stark got in as a base, as the uh, a writer this year. Okay. Yeah, he got in as a writer. And who was the Ford Frick this year? Um, Al Helfer, Chris. Oh, uh, Al Helper, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what Al Helper did um, the the Dodgers. He was in uh, part of the Brooklyn Bro- Dodger. He did games of the week for Mutual. Uh, I remember he did the 1962 um, uh, <laughs> uh, first couple of games with the Giants and Dodgers for the playoffs because nobody was there yet, and they had to get somebody who was in, working for NBC. He also did the A's uh, for a year or so, about 1968, I think. So, yeah, he was he was uh, an older guy who uh, I, I have heard uh, recordings of him, and I do vaguely remember him. Okay, so we have a couple of uh, deaths to report. Uh, Ernie Brolio. And before we do, before we do that, Chris, a, a couple yep. of quick Hall of Fame stories. Okay. Uh, this one, this one comes from Pat Hughes. It's about Lee Smith. He was in their booth a couple of years ago, and and Pat said he asked him what he thought about this phenomenon called the opener. Mm-hmm. And Lee Smith said, um, "I would have never been an opener because he said they'd had to find me. I was asleep at that point in the game." <laughs> he would sleep through he the sixth. Like, They'd wake him up in the sixth inning. I heard. You know. Yeah. He does yep. not. He does not like the opener. And then they talked about Mike Mussina and how he became a Yankee. Apparently, at one point, he had said he would never want to play in New York. But he went to New York. You know, Brian Cashman asked simply for a meeting, and he took him on a drive around New Jersey, about seven minutes from Yankee Stadium, because he liked the suburb lifestyle and this and this. And Cashman showed him that, hey, you can pitch here and you can live in the suburbs, you know, uh, like you want to. And that's what convinced him to go to, to the Yankees. Well, and he got a few rings that way. So that wasn't a bad thing for him. Yeah. And, yeah, no. You know, that that is one thing that you hear about Brian Cashman. He likes to get to know the the people that he's bringing in. And mm-hmm. he, will, he will do things like that, little stuff like that, to try to get, you know, to their 
um, you know, what they like. He'll, he'll do little stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's good. That's, that's what you have to do. Okay, so we have uh, three, three uh, deaths that are notable in different ways. Uh, Ernie Brolio. Ernie Brolio uh, was 83 years old. He started out with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1959 uh, through till June 15th of 1964. And then one of the worst trades, I guess, that the Cubs ever made <laughs> was made when they traded him. Yeah, Brolio was a middle-of-the-rotation guy, good, good pitcher, nothing what? wrong with him, had a respectable career. But they traded Lou Brock, a Hall of Famer, the second all-time base dealing guy, uh, you know, to to the uh, the Cardinals, which helped to cement their pennant winning team. And of course, the Cardinals went on and won in '67 and '68 the pennant, and you know, then went to the World Series and all that. And Lou Brock was, you know, flood and Brock at the top of that order. Uh, you couldn't beat it at that point. So that was that was something. So Brolio went to the Cubs, uh, and then uh, he was there in '64 until '66. And then he, he led the National League in wins uh, with the Cardinals in 1960. So uh, that's one of the things he had in, in uh, his resume. Pumpsy Green, Elijah Pumpsy Green. The, uh, I guess you could say the last first black ball player because he was the first black ball player for the Red Sox, but they were the last team to integrate. Four years after the, the Yankees did with Elson Howard, finally Pumpsy Green came up. Tom Yawkey, who owned the Red Sox uh, from 1933 till 1976, was from South Carolina. He was uh, well-known as kind of a racist, uh, you know, guy. I think he finally, his team was old, slow, and white. And he finally saw that he needed to do something. Not that Pumpsy Green was a great player, but they also brought in Earl Wilson right after that, who, was, of course, was a very good pitcher. And so Pumpsy Green, uh, he uh, came up to the – he was started in the uh, minors in 1954, got to the Red Sox, and opened in uh, – was a pinch runner on June, uh, July 21st, 1959. So actually, what, 60 years ago today, That's he was great. a pinch runner for the Red Sox against the White Sox. And then uh, he played with the Red Sox through 62. And then he played uh, with the Mets for 17 games in 63 and then went to the minors and he was there through 65. Uh, but uh, one of the interesting stories about him, <clears throat> he and Gene Conley were very good friends. Gene Conley was a guy who played for both the Celtics and the Red Sox. <clears throat> he was a backup center to Bill Russell. He was white. He was a pitcher. And he would, you know, the Celtics get over about the middle of April and Gene Conley go over and start playing for the Red Sox. He had played for, for the uh, you know Braves before that and then the Phillies afterwards. And he and Pumpsia had a few adult beverages one time. They were sitting in New York, and they decided the Red Sox were getting killed, uh, you know, day in, day out right around that time. They decided the best thing for them to do would be to go to Israel. They thought that would be the best place for them to be, you know, both of them. But they didn't go. They Some cooler heads prevailed. I don't know if they got to the airport or they didn't, but it's one of the famous Red Sox stories. They they did not go. But uh, there's, there's another Pumpsy Green story. He was not much of a player. Uh, David did not give us his, uh, David USF, who does this for us, did not give us any statistics, but they were, uh, he was like a utility infielder, he got to start some, but the, you know, it was more the the idea of being the first black ball player. But by '67, they had George Scott and Joe Foy and Reggie Smith, and you know, they they and that's when they won the pennant. So Tom Yawkey, I think, did finally learn that he needed to have these guys. And here's a, here's a name that uh, I hadn't thought about in years, who also died, but is notable for something. Joe Grizenda. He was a pitcher. Uh, he died at 82. He pitched uh, for the Tigers in '61, Kansas City uh, in '60. 
64th and 66th Kansas City A's before they went to Oakland. The Mets in 67, Minnesota in 69, and Washington in 70 and 71. And then the Cardinals in 72. But what's noticeable uh, about him and mentionable about him is he pitched, he was the last pitcher on the mound for the Washington Senators in RFK Stadium when they, when they left, 9.30 at 71. And when they came back in 05, um, he gave the ball to uh, George W. Bush, who threw out the first pitch because he had been the last pitcher on the mound for uh, for the Senators. So that was kind of interesting. It was kind of a journeyman career, but but that was kind of a historic yeah. note there with the Senators. So anyway, do, so there's there's our baseball unless anybody do we else have any raised, Do we have any raised hands out there? No raised hands as of yet. All why if you're on the computer and what is it, Star 9 on the phone? Star, star, nine, star, nine, star, nine, star 9 yep. and more on your iPhone. That's right. And, and all right. They're, they're just fast. They're just all fascinated. That's all. They're just, just speechless. Okay. Should we get into uh, the boxing there? Well, no. Why don't we do the NFL real quick? Uh, because we are having no suspension for Tyreek Hill. Now, I don't get it because from what I heard, the videotape uh, that was put out well, there was pretty bad. But maybe maybe you have more. Yeah, on that well, time. it was not. It was video. Uh, there was video. There, uh, there was audio, I think it was. I, don't think I mean, audio. Video. I'm sorry. Audio. Yeah. yeah. It was audio. But apparently, one thing is she refused to cooperate with the investigators and just like she refused to cooperate with the police, which led some to suspect was, you know, was she hiding something also? However, he suspended Ezekiel Elliott based on, you know, less evidence. Right. That's the whole thing. And there's the conspiracies going that he, Goodell looked at it like when he suspended Tom Brady, Ratings went down. He suspended Ezekiel Elliott. You know, Cowboys. Even if, the, even though, you know, they're still the most watched team, most high, highest value team in the NFL. And the speculation is: Is he going? Wait a minute. Patrick Mahomes is our young superstar. We take away his guy, and they start for any lane. Our ratings going to start. You know, but then there's also that argument of, well, you know, she didn't cooperate. She didn't really cooperate. She so how can you suspend? But then you can say that about others where the person didn't cooperate, but they still did get suspended. You know, I'm yeah. beginning. I'm beginning to seriously wonder whether Roger Goodell is really cut out for this and, job with with all the with all the ways he handled. Is starting to wonder that, Robert? Really? Well, and yeah. I heard another another thing that also was brought up on the other side of this is. If it was just your average Joe Schmo linebacker, she didn't yeah. cooperate, and he didn't get suspended, it would be like, oh, well, okay, he's good. But because of Tyreek Hill's past character issues, you know, the Oklahoma State incident and others, they go, you know, they go, okay, well, he, you know, he he got he got away with it. Well, why didn't they do it? Where if it was just somebody who had no issues in the past, you know, like I said, there may be more to it with the girl. You know, there may well, the be case more it sounds play. the most similar to me about is because it was involved with the child punishment. Adrian Peterson, they suspended that's him. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's another one. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't that's know. That's the close. That's the closest. And but like, like I mean, the, the Ezekiel Elliott situation. The investigator said there's not enough evidence to do anything, and he suspended him six games. Right. Where this, there's an audio. Even if she didn't cooperate, at least yeah. some sort of suspension. So the other thing I know you were not happy with Roger about was uh, the uh, no full time officials. After all this, uh, yes. talking about this, yeah. yeah, because last week, as you know, we talked about the eighteen game schedule, but playing sixteen. Now at this, so he wants to go to an eighteen game schedule, 
but yet he does not want to make the officials full time. He, you know, the, he's trying to get off on the cheap. Okay, we can have part because if they're part time, we don't have to pay them insurance. We don't have to pay this. We don't have to, you know, he can keep them as. Hey, they're not full time employees of ours. So, right. but yet they have to take leave of absences. I mean, you pretty much got to be a wealthy guy to be an official or have. Yeah, they're all lawyers or insurance men or whatever. They're, you know, yeah. When you hear about them, they are. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I wonder if you did a poll on the various commissioners and the various sports, how low rated Roger Goodell would be. I think he'd be number four. Roger, I think he's and this is, Roger Goodell. And this Roger some, Goodell, he'd be right down there with Gary Bettman, Robert. I bet yeah. he's probably lower. Like Bettman's a little better. Thing, I, well, I, I, heard, think he, I think he'd be lower than Bettman, Perry. Yeah. I think, I heard, you know. Will, Will Blackman was on Fox. Will Blackman was on Fox Sports Radio today talking about the official thing. He goes, "This is the same reason." He goes, "Why the NFL? Right, if you play in the NBA, you have a lifetime health insurance. NFL, you have five years, and that's if you play three years or more. You have five years of health insurance, and then you're done. And this is the same reason why he's trying. And the NFL is the most profitable league out of all." The major sports race. Yeah. <coughs> okay, so but, those are our NFL notes. The NBA, I guess, is quiet this week. I didn't. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty quiet. But yeah, uh, now we can get to some boxing. That's the boxing, that was Robert. Pretty- you can start with probably you want to start with the the uh, uh, Pernell Whitaker, right? Yeah. Um, last Sunday after our show, Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker, one of the best uh, welterweights in the world during his time, was ran over by a hit and run driver in uh, Virginia and uh, was pronounced dead at the scene at the age of 55. And uh, uh, he had a career record of 40 wins, four losses, one draw, and every single one of his losses and the draw, they were all disputed uh, losses. He never was totally blown out of a fight, was never knocked out. He was known as a defensive fighter. And like I said, one of the best fighters to ever fight. And uh, he will sorely uh, be missed uh, and of course, he had a lot of crowns. How many crowns, uh, championship crowns, did he have? Ah, uh, well, he won several titles uh, during his. Uh, he was considered uh, for a time as the best welterweight in the world for, I would say, for like a four or five year period. So, yeah, yeah. Now, was he was he actually called Lou too, just because of Lou Whitaker, the ball player? Did he, did uh, he have no, Lou added um, to his name. No, he said Lou in one of the messages. Yeah, no, there, no, uh, no, he, no. He was Pernell. He was never Pernell. Lou. That was somebody. Pernell. Else. Uh, his nickname was Sweet Pea, so yeah, yeah. I didn't think he needed. How many nicknames yeah. do you need? You know, yeah. But, so uh, just, no, yeah. somebody, somebody said Lou. Somebody, yeah, they somebody did. said Lou. But no. They did. Yeah. They, well, now they can be but Blue. No, he, they shouldn't have been saying Lou. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so, of course, uh, we had a heck of a fight last night in Las Vegas for the living legend, and uh, you don't use that term very often in sports these days. But he just keeps on keeping on. Manny Pacquiao got a uh, got a split decision, and it should have been unanimous over uh, Keith Thurman. Um, Pacquiao Thurman? knocked him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pacquiao knocked you him said, down in the, in the first. You said Keith Thurman. I was like, no, I, I said Keith, no, Keith, Thur- Keith, Keith Thurman. Thurman. Um, but, uh, no, Pacquiao knocked him down in the first round and, and, uh, basically took over the first half of the fight. Thurman didn't become competitive until the second half of the fight, okay. 
But, you know, Pacquiao, at the age of 40, is still beating these younger guys, and people have tried to retire him for the last, ever since the Mayweather fight. They've tried to get him out of the sport, and, and here Floyd walked away, and Manny's still uh, making millions and millions of dollars and winning world titles. So Is he the only guy that draws rating? You know, for, uh, we have all these pay-per-views and stuff. Is it noticeable still with Pacquiao that he's the guy that people want to see? Is there anybody else that's anywhere um, near draw that well, he is? Unfortunately, boxing is being fractured in the media sense. Uh, if Canelo Alvarez was still allowed to be on regular pay-per-view, he would by far be the top star in boxing. But unfortunately, because of the fracturedness of, of the way boxing is doing their media stuff now, Canelo is fighting all his fights on a app. And uh, Manny Pacquiao is, is still using the pay-per-view model because Premier Boxing Champions is the only one still using the, the pay-per-view model. Everybody else is going to apps, you know, such as ESPN, and they, they have this new company, DAZN, that uh, I, I could do a whole show on, on media just well, on how boxing is being covered. Well, the question I have is the demographics the w, of the w, boxing the w, fans. Are they okay? Boxing. Thinking back to the history, the top three sports in this country, or top four in some order, were baseball, boxing, horse racing, and college football. When we came out of World War II, so that That's meant there true. were a lot of uh, people my father's age stayed boxing fans. Well, he died at fifty-three, but you know they were boxing right. fans. They grew up that way. What is the demographic? Are the boxing fans really the the twenty-somethings who are going to do apps, or are they the forty-somethings who would rather sit down and watch uh, watch it on TV? Well, it's kind of hard to say, Chris, because both the ESPN and this company Zone, ESPN has decided to put most of their boxing on on apps now, uh, and this company Zone, that's all they do. All their sports content is is on a on an app where you where you either have to get something to hook up to your TV or you have to have a smart TV or a phone to, to download the service. And remember, these things are paid for. ESPN Plus is four ninety five four ninety nine a month, and DAZN is I think it's a hundred dollars a year. You know, I really don't know what I don't know what I don't know what it's uh, what direction it's headed. The plus side on that though, the plus side on that though, because the WWE went to this model with the WWE Network, where it's nine ninety nine a month, where before you were paying fifty dollars a month for a pay per view. Well, now if you download the network for nine ninety nine a month, you're only you know, you're saving money if you, and you get all of them and, you know, you, you order, you, instead of ordering two for two or three, now they're big four, they're still putting on pay-per-view. But in a long run, I mean, you are saving, you're saving money. However, I see where you're going with it. Now, one thing I do like, ESPN and Fox are both doing this and they're taking a model out of the US, UFC or with Premier Boxing. They put the undercard not just on cable, but on free Fox TV, so you get some of this exposure, and you want to buy the you want to buy the pay per view, yeah, and yeah. ESPN is doing that where they're putting the undercard on regular ESPN, and then you might want to see it on ESPN Plus for the four ninety nine a month. Which now I mean, remember so now remember with ESPN Plus you still have to pay the pay per view charge for the UFC. So. Okay, yeah, the UFC and now, now the boxing, you do not, correct? That is correct. We've got Jerry. Now, okay, but also ESPN, you can get, on UFC, you can also get it through ESPN Plus on your pay, on your cable. Oh, oh, hold, okay. hold on, hold yeah. on, guys. Go, Bill is trying to get in. Uh, Jerry Go ahead, with Bill. a raised hand. Jerry? Okay. 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 Hey, Jerry. Uh, yeah, 
I, I liked what uh, you said about uh, our, our our father's generation, Chris, in boxing. Oh, yeah. I can remember my father used to live for the fight of the week every week. I mean, uh, it was uh, you know, every Friday night without fail. Well, uh, he would on, watch. In the it. early 50s, Jerry, there was one on Wednesday and one on Friday every week, you know, all through the. I remember the, the Wednesday night ones too good. But, uh, no, Friday, I, I know they were happening. I remember the hearing about them, and, and I've heard different things, you know, where they're replayed and stuff. And, and I well, know remember in night. the 80s, remember in the 80s and 90s, you'd have USA Today, they'd have their uh, they'd have their Tuesday night fights, and then ESPN would have their Thursday night fight. There used to be and, all kinds of fights on TV. Right. You know, mm-hmm. And sports NBC on Saturday afternoons from the Rawway State Penitentiary. That's right, yep. Mm-hmm. Well. And, Was there anything else you wanted to say, Jer? No. Okay. Who's next, other hand, Bill? Was there another hand? No other hand we saw. No other hand? That was, that was basically my point, though, whether you have the app or the pay-per-view or whatever. I see the pluses and minuses to both because the ESPN Plus app, we'll get into that in a minute on other stuff also. Right. However, I also, I get, I like what both groups, what both networks are doing, Premier and Top Rank are both doing putting the undercard on the freebie, giving you that taste of, I want the app, or I right. want to call, and I want to so, hit that button and order my paper. You, I, and you're getting more familiar, and that's where something, that's where I always said, if UFC, say what you will about them, they knew how to market themselves, and buy, if boxing had done what UFC did, UFC probably would have never grown to what they are today. So, but just to finish up the boxing, because we, uh, you, Robert, you need to talk about, there's a fight coming up that's then Pacquiao is going to play, uh, face the winner of that fight, correct? Uh, yes, uh, that'll be in September. That'll be your next pay-per-view fight. That'll be Earl Spence against Sean, Sean Porter. And to me, there's going to be a clear winner in that. That'll be uh, Mr. Spence. He, in my opinion, he is the best fighter currently in the welterweight division. Unfortunately, there's another fighter that could lay claim to that, but because of uh, of him being with top rank in ESPN, they may never get to fight one another, and that's Terrence Crawford. Yeah, but, that stuff started to happen in the 50s. We had people, uh, Paul Pender was the one champion, and Gene Fulmer, and I don't think they ever fought. It was it was ridiculous. That's the one yeah, I remember, um, you know? But the winner of that fight is guaranteed to be Manny Pacquiao's next opponent uh, early, uh, sometime in 2020. Pacquiao announced last night he would not be fighting the rest of the year because he's got to go take care of his Senate duties in the Philippines. So. Okay, so why don't we uh, why don't we switch over to media itself? And Sean, yep. you take the national stuff, and Robert and I have some local stuff we want to talk about. Yeah, okay, all right, well, Sean. We'll, all right, well, we'll start off with uh, the since we were talking about the apps and all that stuff. Uh, the Big Twelve announced that they will they have signed a deal with ESPN Plus, which you know it's almost you know the more content they get it's making it more and more 499 if you have the device to watch it on that it might be worth they're calling it the Big 12 now network they will have some baseball softball men's and women's basketball maybe a possible game in football especially for those schools that put their game on pay-per-view where you got to buy it on pay-per-view anyway for the whatever the $29 or whatever that they charge remember the Oklahoma Army game ended up on pay-per-view last year and that was a, ended up being a really good game and they put them on this Big 12 now uh, network that's under the ESPN Plus app they announced that at media day on Monday and of course next month 
uh, right before the season starts, the ACC network comes on, but that'll be on your regular cable or satellite provider. That's still good. Now, I think they'll have content on ESPN Plus, just like the SEC network already has content on ESPN Plus, such as shows. But they have the, they have that going. So. So the you Big know, they, 12, John, I know we're always talking about the Big 12. Anytime we talk about the conferences, we're talking about who's going to gobble up the Big 12 teams, who's going to the ACC, the SEC, wherever. Is this going to be stabilizing the Big 12? Is this going to make them a stronger uh, conference? I don't know. That We'll see in 2024 a lot of deals come up. Because remember, the Pac-12 is also losing money on the Pac-12 network because yes. The, the big SEC and ACC have ESPN to run their networks. Big Ten has Fox to run their network uh, or to help them. Pac-12 has nobody. Pac-12 has – they're doing it on their own. So you can see some sort of weird hybrid of some Big 12 teams coming in. I've heard of either Fox or Sinclair stepping in to help the Pac-12 with their distribution for the Pac-12 network. I've heard the Big 12. Uh, there's talk of maybe going as – you know, one of the rumors is Connecticut left and joined the Big East. The rumor is so they don't have to have the buyout for football in the AAC. They could move in to, say, somewhere like the Big 12 to give West Virginia a team up in their area or the ACC, one of those two. Their, Bowlesby says right now he likes being at 10, but I think the networks may say, hey, if you want to stay with what you have, you better add two teams. And then Texas, Oklahoma could say, hmm, we're going to go somewhere else. And Oklahoma is going to say, well, we have to take Oklahoma State and Texas. Like, okay, we'll take Texas Tech with us too, you know, just to be nice. You know, they don't have to work like Oklahoma Oklahoma State, but that could happen. But you never know with that. But other news, and this kind of ties into apps and other things, uh, NFL is announcing that they are going to possibly opt out of their deal with DirecTV on Sunday Ticket after this season. There's talk of ESPN Plus, The Zone, uh, Dish Network, other cable providers, a different combination of them getting involved. Uh, the NFL isn't real happy with DirecTV and eight, you know, since AT&T bought them. Which also, you know, so we'll see where that goes because it was a $750 million deal, but they can opt out after this year. For those of you that don't know Sunday Ticket, you have to have DirecTV to watch it on TV, or you can get it on your PlayStation or the Whoops. Oh, I think we lost Sean. Ties in. There he oh, is. Oh, here he is. Here he is. You're on. Go ahead, Sean. But yeah, but no, they uh, that ties in with the NFL. I mean, the NFL Sunday ticket possibly losing that you know, Directv. That also ties in with other things going on. Of course, sports wise, CBS is now uh, in about eighteen. I think eighteen to twenty markets. They have a dispute with AT and T, Uverse, and Directv, uh, which and it's your top five markets, at, which is New York, LA, Chicago, DFW, and the Bay Area, and seven of your top ten markets between Philly and Boston. And they have a dispute, so they're not on there. And all across the country, nobody is getting CBS Sports Network. But if your CBS affiliate is owned by CBS and you have Directv or AT and T, Uverse, or Directv now, speaking of apps, you're not getting your CBS programming as of yesterday, and they're getting into, well, the PGA Tour, uh, NFL season, SEC. And this goes along with AT&T's other dispute that started on July 4th with a company called Nexstar, which owns stations all across the country that are affiliated with all the networks, like here in Austin, our NBC affiliate. I couldn't watch. 
I couldn't watch the British Open this morning. You know, I could watch the Golf Channel part if I wanted to, but you couldn't watch the ending on NBC, uh, San Antonio, or ABC. So they're affiliated with all four networks that have that have sports. Plus, like I said, the CBS deal, CBS Sports Network has the AAC, Conference USA, Mountain West. They got the WNBA, which, yeah, say what you will, but I mean, they got all that stuff. And the regular, and the NFL, this ties in with them and their direct TV battle because you got some big markets that want, like, let's say the Cowboys are playing a game on CBS. Oh, well, uh, oh, they can't watch it if it's going. And, and the Patriots, yep. Patriots won't be on their CBS channel for direct TV people and AT&T U-verse people. So this could get, yeah, it's especially this could for get the rather Patriots ugly before it's fixed. Patriots are an AFC team. And uh, the Jets, yeah. it's an, uh, you know, the, the ones in the AFC, that's really going to affect Patriots and Jets yeah. because they're on CBS, you know? And, and the Chargers. They're about Chargers, about Chargers yeah. If we got okay. one more raised hand, we got there, guys. We have what, Pam what We do have Pam. We have Pam with a raised hand. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead, Pam. Pam. Pam, go ahead. I am a I'm a Dish Network subscriber, and we have lost our Fox Region Regional Sports Network. Yeah. From Dish. Well, yes. Yeah, Dish okay. is not affected. This is DirecTV and AT and T that's battling with the CBS channels and Next Star. No, we've uh, got nothing. To, I'm not talking about CBS. I'm talking about we've lost our our Fox channel. Oh, okay. Well, this is probably having a dispute with somebody. Yeah, Dish is having a dispute with with those folks, and and I think we've yeah. lost our our local CBS channel here. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So that we do have some media stuff. We oh, go ahead. Yeah, we we want to get uh, Robert and I have some local uh, stuff for two of the the uh, top of all time. Uh, you know, for yeah, you, so you, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what's yours? Uh, what's your thing? Um, Jason Anderson is coming from Louisville. Uh, from 680 uh, ESPN back to Kansas City. He's going to debut. Yeah, he's he's the afternoon show. guy. Okay. No, no. Yeah. He's, he's, he's coming back to do middays on 810. Okay. But we want to talk. We want to talk about WEI and KNBR because if you if you think so, of sports stations with FAN, they're you know those are the ones well, that come to mind. And, the first well, the, three, okay, really. the eight ten deal does tie in with the clip we played back in June with Kevin Keisman. Oh, okay. He, Jason yeah. Anderson is replacing Kevin yeah. Keisman. Uh, he's replaced. He was the afternoon guy at six eighty in Louisville, so he's coming back to eight ten. So yeah, that does tie in there with that. So yeah, okay. thanks a lot, Pam. We appreciate so, that. All right. So uh, I'll do Jerry Callahan first. Then Robert wants to talk about KNBR and how they've reached shuffled everything. Jerry Callahan was fired on uh, July 12th. Um, what happened was, and we mentioned this on All Things Radio, but what happened was that he, about five years ago, had criticized, and, and uh, Kirk, uh, Minahan, Kirk Minahan had done it too, had criticized uh, a, a family who were orienting their kid towards transsex, transsexuality at four years old, and uh, they were they were, were down on that. Of course, they, they then uh, were, boy, uh, a group of, of people got involved, started uh, trying to start a boycott of the sponsors for uh, EE you know, for the if they you know get him off the air, blah 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 blah, and, and Minahan too. Well, Minahan went on his own, but anyway, finally WEI succumbed to the pressure on July 12th, and uh, so he is no longer there. They're bringing in a guy named Greg Hill, who's been on WAAF for years, which is their hard rock station. He's going to come in and uh, you know uh, start a show on July 29th with Danielle Muir, I think her name is, and uh, I don't know what kind of show it's going to be, more sports or culture or whatever. It'll be less political, I'm sure. Jerry Callahan, though. Uh, you know, he he was way to the right, uh, but I, I really am bummed by this because, you know, yes, you can have boycotts and all this other stuff, but, you know, it used to be you could say something and, you know, uh, you could you could uh, debate and you could have somebody on the other side. Jerry Callahan is diametrically opposed to me politically, but on the other hand, he was a nice person. He worked a 
out with the Jimmy Fund. It's kind of sad that uh, it this may not. It may. That it way. may not. It may not. Like you said, on all things, right? It may not be because that is, it could be like, oh, they can get this guy cheaper. So you may see Jerry Callahan end up over on the Sports Hub. Well, we'll see about that, but I don't know. Anyway, so Robert, you want to do KNBR? Uh, yeah, well, uh, Greg Papa is now on KNBR. He's working 10 to 2, and of course, he's going to be the new voice of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Ted Robinson gave that up. I'm still shocked by that. Um, Greg's a good announcer. He worked for the Raiders for a number of years, uh, and uh, but so he'll be good for the 49ers. Yes. And then they they have a new afternoon show from two to six. Tom Tolbert, Larry Kruger, and uh, and Rob Brooks. And uh, I haven't listened to them yet, but from what I hear, it's very good. And then Mark Willard is at night from six to ten, unless the Giants are playing. They're, the only the only show they didn't move is their morning show. So okay. Mark Willard used to be in San Diego, and he also did weekends on Fox Sports Radio back then. That is correct. Okay, um, so what do we got for time for Sean's wrap up? It's time We're to We're getting go. down we to about, about a, a minute. minute, minute and a half, Mark. All right, Sean, go for go it, Sean. Go, Sean. All right. All right, well, we'll get to hockey next week. We'll get to the other story and Joe next all and all the other stuff. One of these yeah, weeks, we, we, got a, we got a backlog. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, just remember, if you want to, like I said, interact with us uh, on the board, 712-432-3642. We are number nine. Also, you can download the podcast. Uh, go to legendoldies.com. Uh, go to type in Worldwide Space Legend in your podcatcher. And select Sports Lounge Live. Tell your smart device to play Worldwide Legend podcast and say next until you get to Sports Lounge Live. Or eventually, when Perry gets internet in the next day or two, it will be over at 832. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon, it will be over at 832-999-8604 because Perry's been living in the 80s this weekend after a pretty bad storm. So that's why he's been kind of quiet today. So, but, you know, those are all ways you can check that out. And like I said, next week we'll be hopefully having the details on the football contest with those very special guests, one or two of them, uh, and other stories that we've been backlogged on, plus other stories that will pop up, especially with trade. Probably some trade deadline stuff that will have happened this week. There'll probably be a few trades, but like they say, it may come right down to the end when teams are trying to decide how they do the next eight or ten days before they uh, make a decision whether they're sellers or buyers. 